This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look ahead and get commentary from our crosstalk segment with Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the new legislature with the same leaders, bills giving the incoming Pritzker administration more spending authority, and more. But first, here are some of the top stories from the past week. It's a new house for Illinois, but it's the same speaker that's been in charge for all but two years since 1983. The choice state lawmakers had was either Democrat Michael Madigan or Republican Jim Durkin. Madigan won a record 18th term as House Speaker. While the Republicans in the House voted for Durkin, State Representative Ann Stava Murray was the only Democrat who voted present, meaning she didn't support Madigan. Democratic State Representative Will Davis said Stava Murray should find ways to not isolate herself from her colleagues. You know, don't work to try to alienate yourself. There are still things you want to get done, and you need 60 members in the House and 30 members in the Senate. Stava Murray said she's on the Democratic team, but that doesn't mean staying silent when the same leader isn't doing enough to address harassment and intimidation at the State House. I think dissent is patriotic. It makes us stronger to be able to say, that's okay, I respect that we have a difference of opinions. To me, only dictators get 100% of the vote. While Madigan didn't get 100% of the vote, he did get all but two Democratic votes. Stava Murray voted present, and Lou Lang didn't vote after he resigned earlier in the week to become a lobbyist. The Illinois Senate, meanwhile, starts a new term with the same leader as well. But this same leader will only have eight more years to serve in that capacity with term limits in place on leadership posts in the Senate. John Cullerton won the vote this week, but Senate rules have term limits for leadership posts. He's been president since 2009, but new rules in the Senate that started in 2017 put 10-year term limits on leadership. But those rules don't impact the House, where Madigan won that record 18th term as House Speaker. Governor Bruce Rauner addressed his attempt to find someone else to take his place in last year's election for Illinois governor. Cole Lauterbach has more. Rauner spoke to the media about restoring a long-neglected tradition of an outgoing administration, giving a summary of their tenure and what needs to be addressed moving forward. He was asked about his soliciting of a handful of other Illinoisans to take his place in the November election, in which he was soundly defeated by Governor-elect J.B. Pritzker. He said the race was bigger than him. Yeah, I, uh, I say don't be upset at all. It's all a function of me being all in to win for the team for reform. This has never been about me. This, this job is not something that I've particularly sought in and of itself. All I care is that we save our state for our children and our grandchildren. And that's all I've ever worked on. And I have been totally devoted to that. Me and, and my personal situation is irrelevant. All that matters is that the team win and that we get major reforms done. And that's what I've been 100% committed to uh, every day. In regard to the report, Rauner says Illinois' biggest challenge moving forward will be stemming the tide of population loss and slow growth. Frankly, we continue to be a laggard compared to other states. Um, we could be, should be, one of the top fastest growing states in, the United, in, in, in America. Um, we are not. We continue not to be, and we haven't been for decades. That's probably our biggest challenge. We have got to make Illinois more competitive, and our recommendations really focus on that in this report and in the memo that I think you have just been given here uh, this morning. I'm Cole Lauterbach. Meanwhile, Illinois Democrat and Republican lawmakers are expressing what they hope to address in the new General Assembly. After being elected for another historic term as the longest-serving State House Speaker in U.S. history, Michael Madigan listed some of the top problems in the state. We have a significant 
budget imbalance. We have a debt load that is far too high. He said that takes away from funding education and infrastructure. House Minority Leader Jim Durkin listed problems, including continued outbound migration. He said there are some common themes as to why. Taxes are too high to afford staying in their home. Job opportunities are growing in other states as we remain stagnant. Durkin also said high crime, high pension debt, and crumbling roads are causing people to flee. He said for years there's been a lack of substantive action by lawmakers, and he hopes that changes in the new General Assembly. Getting a progressive income tax was one of the main priorities that State Representative Chris Welch laid out. We will make the rich finally pay their fair share. (laughs) It's a new day in Illinois. Madigan offered a resolution last year supporting the idea. Governor-elect J.B. Pritzker campaigned on a progressive tax, but downstate Democratic State Representative Jerry Costello said he's against the idea. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, obviously. Um, Again, my hope, being a conservative uh, downstate Democrat, is that there's moderation in, in governing. The Nonpartisan Tax Foundation says a flat state income tax is more attractive for business development before the state's constitution can change from a flat tax. Three-fifths of the legislature must approve a question for voters, and from there, the supermajority of the public must approve that ballot referendum. And after most recent census data revealed Illinois' population is continuing its downward trend, experts say the state now is likely to lose two congressional representatives after 2020. Cole Lauterbach has more. Washington, D.C. data firm Election Data Services released projections based on census numbers on how many congressional seats each state will have after the next 10-year census measures population. States with more people in proportion to other states can add representatives, and states with less compared to others can lose seats. After last month's data showed Illinois' population dropping for the fifth consecutive year. EDS President Kim Bray says it's no longer a question of if Illinois loses a representative, but how many. Well, we can definitively say that you are losing a seat as of right now. Um, What we are still not certain of is whether or not that loss will actually be two seats. And you are very close to that. In fact, that, that second seat to be lost to your 17th seat, uh, you've kept hold of that by only 45,000 people. Um, so it is very, very close. And you, in fact, sit at seat position number 435, which is, of course, the critical number because that's the number of congressional seats we have in the U.S. Congress. He says other states like Minnesota are on track to lose a seat in D.C. even though they grew in population. Now, what you've seen is that the state of Minnesota, while they uh, actually gained a little bit in terms of population, they did not gain as much as the, the gains in other states. And so it is a circumstance of everything is, is apportioned out to the 50 states. You've only got a set number of seats and so there are gains and loses, losses all over the place. Uh, Minnesota is real close. They're sitting one seat behind you guys uh, in Illinois. Uh, they obtained seat number 434, but they only got that by 26,000 people. So they're real close to the potential of losing a seat. Bray says the migration of people to the southern and western U.S. has been happening since near World War II. I'm Cole Lauterbach.
And not all lame duck lawmakers were on board with last-minute measures to give the incoming governor's administration more power and more money. Two of the last bills the Illinois House passed before adjourning the 100th General Assembly. They were meant for Pritzker. One would allow him to increase department director salaries by 15%, a move supporters say was necessary to attract talented leaders. Republican State's Representative Deanne Mazaki said that's not the answer. She said there should be a fund for signing bonuses, not for higher salaries. And then that way, that's not baked into their salary. It's not baked into a pension formula. Outgoing Republican State Representative Peter Breen said the future of bills passed in one session and sent to a new governor may be up to the courts. I'm a little worried that you may be passing a bill whose legality may come under question down the road. Outgoing Governor Bruce Rauner said he hopes it's not a sign of increased spending under the incoming administration. Another measure reconstituted the Illinois Tollway Authority Board, gives it new bylaws, and addresses other issues. Democratic State Representative Christian Mitchell, who's headed to the new administration as a deputy governor, said the bill is necessary. This is not simply about getting new kids on the block. Uh, This is about making sure that this agency operates with the integrity, the transparency, and in the best interest of the public that all taxpayers should expect. While some lame duck lawmakers supported the measure, outgoing state representative Jeannie Ives was opposed. She said the scandals at the authority are troubling. It makes me mad, but what you're talking about doing here with this bill is nothing than a craven political agenda being put in place. The Senate also passed the measures, and will pass those bills to Governor-elect J.B. Pritzker. The Senate also lifted a procedural hold on a bill that passed in May to require gun dealers in Illinois get a state license on top of a federal license. Rauner vetoed a similar measure. Pritzker said he'll sign it. That's expected to be on his desk when he's inaugurated Monday. Those are the top stories of the week. Find more online at ilnews.org. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from Illinois News Network publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop. Welcome back to Illinois News Network's Illinois in Focus, our crosstalk segment. I'm Chris Krug, publisher of the Illinois News Network, joined as usual by Dan McCaleb, the executive editor of INN. Dan, hey, how are you today? I'm doing well, Chris. How about you? Good. It's been a big, busy news week. Lots of things going on. Activities starting to return to Springfield. Uh, Let's not confuse activity with achievement. I think it was Bobby Knight who may have said that. But uh, anyway, things to talk about and uh, and certainly uh, no reason for us to not get right to it. So uh, on Wednesday uh, afternoon, the uh, House voted for the speaker position. And in a shocker, uh, Mike Madigan was named uh, Speaker of the House again. This is the uh, 18th time. Uh, I'm not sure that anybody's keeping records, but that might be a record nationally. Uh, I'm not certain, but uh, this is now a, a span of 36 years of leadership over the House of uh, the the Illinois House of Representatives. Dan, uh, tell us about what happened. Give us some insights. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, of course, we jest. Uh, essentially, Mike Madigan, as you said, um, was elected by his peers in the state house to become the uh, speaker for the 18th time since uh, 1983. Only two years uh, since 83 has he not been speaker, and that was the only two years that Republicans uh, controlled the house. Um, every other year since um he's been he's been the speaker and of course um because of his excellent leadership illinois is in the tremendous financial uh condition it is in today so we can expect only even better things to come over the next two years would you agree that sounds that sounds pretty negative um but but it it, uh, i'm not (laughs) guessing i'm not guessing that there's going to be a i did see a tv commercial that suggested that it's a new day uh in illinois I just wasn't sure if I had, you know, woken up in 1983 or if it was in fact 2019. But um, I think for the, you know, for the benefit of the people that are listening to us, I mean, one of the things that we try to do on this show is to demystify what's going on at the state house from, from even from a procedural standpoint. But what does the Speaker of the House do? What is the relevance of the Speaker of the House as it pertains to the Illinois Legislature, and why should people in Illinois care? Right. So um, there are there are 118 different house state house districts um, in Illinois, and only the voters who live within each district elect their um, their state house representative. Uh, Michael Madigan um, uh, lives in a district. One it, it is part of one of those 118 districts. So one one. 118th, if you can uh, fathom that fraction, uh, of Illinois residents vote for their elected representative in in their district. He lives um, uh, near Midway Airport uh, in Chicago. And um, so they elect their representative, just like we all elect our own district's representative. Um, And he's elected a house. And once he gets to the state house, um, every two years, the all of the 118 representatives um, vote for their leader. And every uh, two years since 1983, with the exception of the two years where Republicans were in control, uh, Michael Madigan has been elected speaker. And during that period of time, he's been speaker for so long, he's been able, able to consolidate this insane amount of power into his office. When he was elected speaker two years ago for the 100th General Assembly, he, that he did break uh, the U.S. record for longest-serving House Speaker uh, in the history of our country. And now he's going to extend, essentially extend that. Um, uh, other news uh, from Springfield from, from this week. Governor-elect uh, J.B. Pritzker, who gets his moment uh, on the dais uh, next week when he's uh, formally sworn in as governor, uh, has uh, lobbied effectively and I mean that in the in the most literal way, lobbied effectively to have state legislator or excuse me, state um, departmental head or state executives, I guess you would call this, uh, have their pay increased for the purpose of attracting the best and brightest in the state government. Dan, um, what's the story there. I mean, these are not people who are not these positions. My understanding was we're we're not really lacking with regard to the compensation side. Um, but uh, Governor Elect Pritzker has um, made 
a, uh, a play for increased wages, and it, uh, it went through. Oddly enough, governor prior to his, to his landing in office has already been able to execute something uh, legislatively in the lame duck session. Yeah, well, well, essentially, Governor-elect Pritzker is saying that he wants to attract, attract the best talent to be his, essentially, the people who directly report up to him, his chief of staff, his finance director, his budget director, um, the, the people who run the various departments within state government. And, you know, it's honestly, it's difficult to, for me to argue uh, that point. Maybe that's the case. I don't know any differently if, he, if the current salary levels are not um, adequate to attract the best candidates. But what's interesting about this is current governor, who's soon to be previous governor by next week, uh, Bruce Rauner, a Republican, um, asked for the same thing by the Democrat-controlled legislature and got soundly rejected. Um, so it's a, there's there's hypocrisy here. Um, Pritzker gets it, um, you know, the first time he asks before he's even uh, sworn in as governor. Uh, governor Bruce Rauner fought for that early on and um, was soundly rejected. Yeah, the, I think these next couple of years are going to be really, really interesting. The, the first year of of, of uh, J.B. Pritzker's year as governor, I, I expect a lot of things uh, to happen, whereas, frankly, not much of anything uh, happened in terms of uh, moving an agenda forward during the Rauner administration. So, you know, um, we, we obviously will have uh, tight coverage of that and everything that comes out of Springfield and certainly We'll have an opportunity to talk next week about uh, Governor-elect Pritzker's inauguration, and um, be sure to listen to that on your local IRN station. Uh, be sure to read about that at uh, ilnews.org, the Illinois News Network. Hey Dan, one last thing, um, you know, and, and we have dedicated a, a quite a bit of, of time to talking about Mike Madigan this week, and he certainly he's not the only person who lives in the state of Illinois, but. It seems like it's been it's been a fairly relevant Mike Madigan week, uh, in particular uh, at INN. There was an incident uh, involving uh, Mike Madigan and Steve Brown, Mike Madigan's spokesman, body man. I'm not sure what his responsibility is completely. Uh, it's a complex issue. Uh, we documented it, wrote about it at ilnews.org, but it ultimately comes down to professionalism and handling of the media. Uh, Greg Bishop is in there in the state house every day, trying to do the work the reporters need to do, asking difficult questions, uh, not getting a tremendous amount of, of support from the state house press corps. Very disappointed to me on, on that level, frankly, because I think we just watched, you know, within the last X number of months, the entire Jim Acosta, uh, CNN versus, uh, Trump and the white house thing unfold. And certainly there was, you know, uh, an outpouring of support among media for media, not seeing that here in Illinois. Uh, Dan, uh, let's summarize this. Go ahead and, and take it. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just I'm disgusted with the subject, but I think it needs to be talked about. Yeah. So we've been able to document about a dozen times or so since June of 2017, where uh, Speaker Madigan, um, at the beginning of a news conference, um, 
uh, a gathering of media where he's talked to the media, where he's singled out our our reporter, uh, Greg Bishop, at the very beginning, um, essentially saying he works for someone he does not work for, um, someone uh, a policy institute that has uh, been critical of Madigan's policies and his leadership. Um, Greg Bishop has handled himself from the start professionally, politely, politely correcting the speaker that he works for Illinois News Network. Um, but it, it, it sort of came to a boiling point this week when he, he with the speaker and, and Steve Brown, when he did it again, and then he Greg again politely uh, corrected them, and then the speaker immediately pointed to another journalist and said, you know, essentially, I know where you live. And Greg, wondering what that meant, was are, are, essentially, is this an intimidation technique? Um, and then uh, Madigan responded, and then and then Steve Brown said um, something along the lines of "Only if you want it to be." And so we we wrote about it. Um, and again, Greg was nothing but professional on his handling of it. But I think it irked you, and it irked me, and and um, uh, so we thought we needed to document it. Yeah, I mean, the the reality of it is that you know that the people that work for Illinois News Network. Uh, they they work in a professional environment. Uh, we have policies with regard to harassment. We have policies with regard to harassment that extend to the work environments in which they're in. We can't allow our associates to be to be bullied or to be knocked around, and we're not going to. Doesn't matter if it's at the state house. Doesn't matter if it's you know if it's if it's a reporter that's doing sort of you know municipal work or if it's frankly, you know, across the, the aisle in our sports division. And it's a reporter who's, you know, standing there holding a microphone uh, in front of, uh, you know, um, somebody in the Chicago Bears or Blackhawks or Cubs or White Sox or, or Bulls. It doesn't matter. Uh, so that said, it's done. It's documented. The story, we have not received an apology uh, as of yet from uh, Mike Madigan, have not received an apology yet from... Uh, Steve Brown, frankly, don't expect one. Uh, we look for professionalism from our people, and we can only ask for it from the outside world. So that's that, and uh, I don't know that there needs to be a whole lot more said about it. I would just to say this is this is the, the treatment of Greg Bishop is just one small part of the overall culture of harassment that's also been documented, particularly since the Me Too movement uh, uh, launched nationwide in, in 2017. There have been a number of folks who have come forward accusing people close to Madigan of long-term harassment, but nothing, uh, nothing has occurred unless they decided to go public with their claims. Only then has there been punishment such as terminations? So this is just indicative of of Madigan's entire tenure as Speaker of the House. Yeah, Sadly. It, never, it never seems to work out too well for the accusers. No, no. There's the, the, the yeah. There's been claims of intimidation, of um, paybacks when they have come forward. So sadly, um, you know, it's not going to go away. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, I mean, it's a it's an odd way to end the end the podcast. It's something that you know that frankly is internal but external uh, for the benefit of the people that are out there listening who, you know, make Illinois in focus and the crosstalk segment part of their week. I wanted to share that with you, uh, Dan. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up now unless there's any anything else you want to add. 
Plenty to add, just out of time. Enjoyed it again, Chris. All right, buddy. We'll talk again next week for Dan McCaleb, executive editor at INN. It's been Chris Krug, Illinois in Focus Crosstalk. Next week, we'll be on the ground for Monday's inauguration of Illinois' slate of Democrats taking over constitutional offices of governor, comptroller, treasurer, attorney general, and secretary of state. This has been Illinois in Focus. Find more stories and commentary online at ilnews.org. For Illinois News Network, I'm Greg Bishop.